Welcome to Adventures with My 40s. I'm your host, Courtney Novak, a 43-year-old woman just doing her damn best to survive and thrive during these crazy, epic times. Show notes are available at CourtneyHenningNovak.com, and here's the show. Hello, adventurers. This is episode 32, Grief Sucks but I'm getting better at accepting its embrace. But before I get to the grief, I just need to have a moment of rage. I'm having a fight with my computer. I got myself a new laptop, my old one, which I'm recording this episode on. I'm having the fight with the new one. Love the new one, but um, it's my, and it's my first new one in, God, over seven and a half years. Like it has been a while. And I realized I was gonna—I was facing a dire situation where one day my computer was just gonna collapse and I was gonna lose all sorts. It, it wasn't even just losing work, but just the momentum. So I got the new computer just over two weeks ago, and haven't, you know, finished setting it up because life has been wow. It's been a lot of life lately, and um, so I did today. You see, it, it, there's been a lot of living me the past month since I recorded my last episode and the living has um, uh, burnt out a lot of my circuits in my brain so sometimes words come slowly which is really great for recording a podcast episode but I've noticed a lot of people in my life um, are where I am just fried we're burnt out from almost two years of pandemic living and it just sucks. Can this be over already? So I got my new computer and I downloaded um, Audacity, which is the free software I use to record these episodes. And I was so proud of myself and it was so easy to download. And then I realized that the computer I bought has a different fucking plug because Apple, I love you, Apple, but why do you keep changing like whether it's a USB plug or what, they come up with all these different names. It's like every iPhone, every thing. It, it always is changing. Why? Why do you do this to us? We are fragile human beings and we're dealing with enough change in our life. And the cord I have for my podcast mic just has your standard USB plug, which worked on the old laptop, but not the new one. And I, I don't even know what to call the new one. Like Apple's fucking whatever. So... I'll have to deal with the cord situation later. I mean, I just went and I emptied a box of all where I just put all the plugs that I, I'm not completely, like, using at the moment. And I was going through it, like, trying to figure out, like, can I plug this into this and this into this? And then I was like, I'm going to, like, short circuit the entire house. So we're recording this episode. Uh, we, as in the royal me, <laughs> I am recording this episode um, on the old computer. One more to go. Hopefully I'll have a cord for the next one. Yes. So it's been just over a month, I would say, since I recorded my last episode. And like I said, there's been a lot of life. And by a lot of life, it's actually been on the grief side. My uncle died a few days after I recorded my last episode. And about less than two and a half weeks later, oh, a ding. This new computer has wants to tell me everything. And I don't even know how to turn the noises off. <sighs> you know, I could hit pause, 
but this is real life, folks. I haven't figured out the volume control on this. Oh, wait, I think it's on the computer keyboard. Yes, okay. Oh, boy, everything. You know, it's just like pandemic life is a lot, I think, like getting a new computer when you have to adjust to like the new controls and the new buttons and there's just different ways of doing it and you have and it's easier to just get it all done at once but sometimes you just have to do it in bits and pieces I'm not really making any sense am I but pandemic life there was so much to learn and you really just had to learn it all at once and it but it was a lot and I think there's a good analogy in this somewhere like maybe that I don't know like I said my brain's right so my uncle died and then a little over two weeks later, my grandma died on February 1st. Two very different deaths, but also very similar. And um, it had been a while since someone I was close to had died. Um, people in my life have died, but like um, not people who I was as close to as I am to these, or was to these two people. And it's it's just a lot um like my dark humor joke is i do not remember ordering the two for one grief special my uncle and they're different because my uncle was 65 maybe 66 but i think 65 and my grandma on the other hand was 96 and a half and you know just like with small children once you get to that point over 95 those half and quarter years they really do <laughs> they do count so my grandma had a beautiful long rich life and getting my arms around my grief is tricky because I think I didn't expect to have so much grief because she's had such a long life and I you know I'm 43 years old and just losing her and she had a very full life and she did lots of things and you know I thought like that would balance would cancel out the grief but it hasn't and in its own way, it makes it, it's, it, it's, it's like, you, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So if someone in your life dies, like my grandpa, who I was very close to, died when I was 19 in college. And that was devastating because he was only in his early 70s and he had been very robust. And then we think it was cancer. They did not do an autopsy. Just struck very swiftly and like without any warning to me. Um, he had been sickly for a couple weeks, but I didn't know it and because I was away at college and he just, you know, died. And so that was awful because, you know, and there were, there have been, at this point he would, if he had not died back then, um, I'm sure he'd be dead by now. But it, you know, but there were definitely times where it was like, well, he could have still been alive for this or he, you know, he could have been alive um, almost nine years ago when Pippa was born. Um, he could have been alive when I got married or he would have at least met my husband. So, you know, that was its own grief. But then my grandma, it's like I got more than 20 extra years with her because, you know, I was 19 with Grandpa Phil, 43 with Grandma Shirley. And it's almost like, but I had so many more life experiences with her and life experiences with her as an adult that I was even closer to her which makes it even more difficult. So, and then my uncle is a, oh my, my old computer's now being fussy, but I think we're still recording, yeah. Uh, it's an adventure, folks.
And my uncle, it, it, it's still actually very surreal because he died from um, a type of dementia called frontotemporal disorder, which is shortened to FTD, which is in the, uh, the dementia family with Alzheimer and Parkinson's. And it's known for um, younger, what's the word, patients, victims. It's like, I, you know, the people who tend to get, F people are younger. It strikes when you're younger. And it, he was diagnosed with FTD during the pandemic, like I think around Labor Day-ish, 2020. And the last time we, he lived in Michigan though. So I did not see him that often. I saw him, I was very close to him though. And uh, for a couple of years of my childhood, he and my dad were um, one year apart at law school. So at um, Georgetown. And so when my family lived in Virginia and we didn't have any other family around for two, two of those years, Pete was there. So he was my only family other than my parents who I saw regularly. And, um, you know, and, and I just, and he was just very warm and, um, engaged with his nieces and nephews. And he did not have kids until I was like 10 or maybe 11, probably 10. And so he had a long time in my life and then in my older cousins where he was not a father yet, but an uncle. And he was a very like dedicated uncle and took us out uh, you know if he was in town he took us to mcdonald's and then the bookstore and we'd get one book and it was like a big treat and he at what he would sit at the kids table at holiday events and so you know i was very close to him he hadn't lived here though it, he lived in michigan and he hadn't i don't know that he ever lived in la when i was a kid i can't remember it would have been when i was really little but so I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't used to seeing him more than like once or twice a year. We would do this annual family reunion in Las Vegas and we had to, we canceled the 2020, we would go late May, early June and we canceled 2020 for obvious reasons. And that would have been the last time I'd see him, but because of the pandemic, I did not get to do that. And so the last time I saw him was that the 2019 gathering and in hindsight I can see the early symptoms of his dementia is it, it was sort of like a you think of dementia I at least think of dementia before as more just um what my grandma had her last few months of life was you know hallucinations and seeing people who were not there and like I'd be you know visiting with her and she'd be like so busy here and you'd be like huh you're and you'd be sitting on a patio with her and no one else and she would I mean she just saw tons of people around so that to me is the dementia that's what I think of when I hear the word dementia and for Peter it was more a loss of his math and language abilities and his you know spatial spatial understanding like um you know, getting from somewhere from our hotel in Las Vegas to where we were having dinner, he got a little confused and that was a little like not in character and he wasn't very talkative. You'd ask him a question and you get very short answers. And he was a, you know, he was a talker. He was an intellectual. He was a law professor. He, he was on CNN, you know, talking about criminal law and he wrote, um, a blog for the New York times. I mean, this is, you know, not someone who you suspect is going to be, 
struck with dementia. You know, it's one thing to be like, okay, my grandma's 96 and her brain has had a really good run. I mean, she was sharp as a tack until, I mean, until the end almost. And then it was like, you know, you knew like this is probably the, the last yearish of her life because we saw a sudden decline and, you know, suddenly from, I hadn't seen her have dementia too. Oh, I mean, like this is dementia. Um, this is her having hallucinations. And, but Peter, it, it, it was more, he like, he couldn't talk in the end. And, um, yeah, so it was, I was able to see in Vegas. I, I had no idea it was dementia. I thought he was a little grumpy, honestly. I thought like, oh, maybe he's just had like a rough semester of school and like a lot of work and, you know, maybe someone at, you know, maybe there's like some weird politics going on with the school and he's dealing with drama and he's just not very talkative. It did not occur to me that it was the beginning of an illness that would claim his life. And it, during the pandemic, we had, um, God, grief is weird during the pandemic. It's, we, we had a funeral for my grandma. It was in New York. She was, you know, she was born and lived in New York almost her entire life. She moved out here a few years ago to live in an assisted living facility near my parents. And, um, she also lived here for a few years when I was in law school. We lived, at, we both lived at home with my parents. And, um, during that time she had cancer and she beat it and lived another almost 20 maybe more than 20 years and then was like after I think she associated LA with the cancer years I was like I am back to New York I don't want to turn this episode into reasons my grandma was amazing or reasons why Uncle Pete was awesome um maybe other separate episodes on them because I learned a lot from them but I wanted to just you know kind of ramble on about grief and yeah it's hard during the pandemic because so grandma's from New York and so she was buried in New York next to my step-grandfather where she you know had a plot and so we did not go back for the funeral <laughs> my dad actually tested positive for COVID the day after grandma died and so my mom was a close contact and my mom you know like, and then there was, I think, like, a blizzard was happening, and the rabbi preferred that my mom not be there because she was a close contact, and, you know, and my mom didn't want to leave my dad, and my dad obviously couldn't fly, and he didn't feel great, and so, and he's fine, he's beaten COVID, and, you know, it sounds like it was, it, he kept testing positive for, oh my gosh, two weeks, but, like, he was, like, he felt otherwise fine, it just, like wasn't able to do things because he was testing positive for COVID. Uh, but yeah, we decided all, you know, I wasn't, my mom didn't want me or my brother to go because she thought it was like too much and that we shouldn't be leaving our kids. And I'm glad I didn't go because we, they zoomed it. They called it a zoom neural. And I, you know, I sat and Julian slept through it. It was cause it was at 10 AM Eastern time. So it was 7 AM here on a Sunday and Pippa woke up and sat with me for it. And she was mentioned, they mentioned, you know, who she was survived by. So she liked hearing her name. And we have not had, so it was weird that, that, that like, you, if it had not been during a pandemic, I would have gone to her funeral. But when you add in all those layers, it was just, and the fact that my dad had COVID and my mom wasn't going, it was like, well, okay, I won't go. And so it's weird to have missed my grandma's funeral when I was so close to her. And I went to my other three grandparents' funerals and... She's the one I was closest to 
of the four, and she it's the one I missed. She's Jewish, and um, there will be a unveiling, which, which is like you're not supposed to go to the cemetery for nine months, but there's a lot of, I, I don't understand all the um, traditions, but like there there might be another opportunity for me to go. I mean, but watching the funeral was its own experience, and I was there when she died, and it, and I have found now that if you are actually there holding your loved one's hand, and my sister and mom were there, and we're all standing around her, and we were all holding her hands, and she was, she was on morphine, and um, she had started it the day before, and it basically put her to sleep. And they say the last sense, though, to go is your, your hearing. So we, you know, we talked to her and we were saying, we love you and we're going to miss you, but we don't want you to be in pain now and it's okay for you to go. And, you know, so that, I didn't feel like I needed the funeral with her because I was there. I mean, I was there for the very, like, I heard her take her last breath. Um, it's harder to talk about than I'd realize. But I didn't need that funeral because I felt like no I was I was literally right there and um yeah but my uncle it's more surreal because I wasn't there and I haven't seen him or, and I never do get to see him again um you know since before the pandemic and then um his they haven't had a service yet and they're planning to do that in the spring because again you know, pandemics. And it's just, it's a weird, it's hard to like, I'll, I'll, I'm at the point where, you know, it's been a month since he died almost. And I can, you know, it's not like the first thing I think of when I wake up, but it's the, um, it's just, it just doesn't seem real. Like it, he was such a, like a vital force. So I have I haven't recorded an episode in a month because I have uh, been in the grief trenches, and you know, grief grief is weird, and I am but I think I'm better at it than I was when when I was 19 my cousin died and that was my oldest cousin Kim, and that was my first really big death in my life and it just oh my God, it just like knocked me over. And I mean, it, it shredded my heart. And then I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was on the other side of the country for college. So I flew home for the funeral. And um, but then, you know, it was back to school and it was back to midterms. And it didn't occur to me to like say, you know what, I just, I need a leave term. Like I can't do this. And it didn't occur to me to talk about it with my friends because I felt like I haven't known these people for very long. I, you know, we started school in late September and my cousin died uh, four months later in January. I didn't know those. I, you know, I knew them, but I didn't. And it wasn't like, I, and I felt like I've been this, you know, fun, funny person. I don't want to like suddenly do a 180 and be this, you know, grief stricken, sad person. So I forced myself to try to act happy and, you know, be like, oh, it's no big deal and brush it off. And then 11 months later, my grandpa Phil died, who I was talking about earlier, and it was very unexpected. And I, I do remember crying a little in front of like one or two friends, but 
you know, for the, and that was right before final exams. So again, it was like, I had to get my finals delayed, but then I had to do them. I mean, the professors were not like, go ahead and take six months. People just expect you like life goes on and yeah, you better show up. And if you do badly on this, this is affecting your GPA, which affects whether you go to grad school, which, you know, I don't know. I have complicated feelings. So I didn't feel my grief for my cousin and my grandpa. And now this duality of Pete and Grandma Shirley has come. And I've definitely felt that grief. Grandma died. And well, first Pete died. And there were several days where I was like, I do not have the energy to do anything. Like, and I knew like, this is like my grief. This is like it manifesting in my body as fatigue. And I just would like, like get the kids to school. And then I would just sit and play SimCity on my phone and read and like make ice and maybe do a little laundry. And that was about all I could do. And then grandma came along and she died around noon and I stayed, um, I, I ran to my parents' house for a peanut butter sandwich at one point and then went back and it, it just felt wrong. But, and my sister and mom were on the same page as me to leave my grandma's body there alone. It just still felt like her, even though we knew she was gone, it, it just, we weren't ready to leave. So we waited until the mortuary came and then closed the curtains. And when they said they had her and she was gone, um, it would have been too much to see that. Um, but then it was, then I, I drove home to Pasadena and had the beginning of a headache when I was starting on the drive. And it was like a long, like, you know, right in rush hour drive. And <laughs> I mean, by the time I got home, it was like, this is like, wow, I have like something close to a migraine. And I told my kids, Julian cried, Pippa stiffened. She's not really a crier. And which is, uh, you know, maybe she got inherited that from her mother. Apple doesn't fall far. And I stayed awake long enough for Nathan to come home with pizza. And I was in bed by 6.15, fell asleep, slept until like 7.20, woke up, came and got ice cream, and then went back to bed at like 7.30 and slept until like seven the next morning. I was just, it, it was just fatigue. It's just like how my body dealt with it. And I definitely spent like just very subdued days. I, I'm the Girl Scout cookie chair. I could do several episodes on that this season. <laughs> about you know, this whole cookie season. It's been insane. There's all these cookie shortages and fake drama. It's all fake drama. You know, people start losing their minds over shit and you're like, it's cookies. It's not actually drama. It's a lot of perspective when two loved ones have died. You're like, if someone hasn't died, like, can we just look, it's not drama. So, but we did have some fake drama going on. And I just told the troop leaders, like, I can't do this. And, you know, my uncle died, my grandma died. And they were like, we totally understand. And they did everything for me and no one bugged me until I was like, and I took like Tuesday till Sunday. And I told them on, like, by then I was like, I feel like I want to just like live and do things. I mean, something I learned from my grandma is oh, she was a real survivor. And I, I have to do like an episode on her, like. 96 ways to live 96 years or something because she just I mean it she definitely had like a survivor's energy 
and a very like, and she was a redhead and had a real Scarlet O'Hara streak to her. And she just always kept going. I mean, I was in when my right after my cousin died, around the time she died, my step grandfather also died. And in a two year period, my grandma lost her second husband, who was the love of her life, her three brothers, and her best friend, Betty. All of them, two years, gone. And, you know, I remember thinking at the time, like, God, she might, my grandma might just die from sadness in the next year or two. But she's just a firecracker, and she made new friends, and just kept busy, and kept going and so she was there for four great-grandchildren being born it's just it's she's very inspiring and it's such a gift because and Peter too my uncle um really lived a very full life and it, it's it's very helpful to my grief because I think I kept living after my cousin and grandpa died in like a um almost robotic, like, I have to do this sort of way, like a denial of the grief. Whereas now, I'm allowing the grief, but I'm also allowing everything else. But I also took time off. I mean, it was, like, I there were days of just could not do anything after Pete, and then, like, hence, you know, no podcast episodes. And then there were plenty of days where it was like, oh, my God, my grandma died. I can't do math. I can't do Girl Scout cookies. I couldn't do, I you know things like I we had a PTA meeting online and at some point I was just like oh shit and I just closed the computer <laughs> like I'm there and I gave you the quorum but at some point I couldn't do it and I didn't beat myself up and I knew like it would be frustrating there were days where it's like god I am so worn out and this is frustrating I miss my energy and I want to be able to do things I like doing things and I want to live my life fully like my grandma and uncle both did but I also knew, like, I have to dishonor my grief. So I don't think I can ever get good at grief, but I'm better right now at allowing it. And I think that it feels healthier because I feel like my grief, I'm carrying it around. And there's times where I forget I'm carrying it around. And then there's times where I remember. And it actually, it feels good to be sad, to know that they were so important to me and to know that I'm remembering them. And to know, like, I'm feeling my feelings. And, like, I, I can deny my feelings. or I can, And they just stay inside my body and fester. Or I can feel them. And they move. And then they can move through me. And that that feels like, you know, like, like that's what's, what's supposed to happen. It feels very full of grace and um, beauty, even. So... Anyway, that's where I am. A little tired today. Didn't sleep great. I've been congested for weeks. And it's like, is this just my body's own way of grief? Did I have Omicron at some point? And I don't know it. <laughs> is it perimenopause? I don't know. <sighs> 2022. I mean, I, I cannot believe it's only mid-February. Because I've had Julian, beside, besides having, like, two people die, Julian has been a close contact twice so that there's just been so much living in six weeks I am like going to finish February 
Um, I have some PTA projects, including I'm running the book fair and finish up Girl Scout cookies. And then I am just like, this was kind of going to be my vacation month. <laughs> and instead it was my grief month. But, you know, I get like, I, I did have this feeling at, at one point where I felt I, I did this whole week of meal planning right before I found out my grandma had started morphine and was, and once she started morphine, we were told she had no more within a week and she actually had like she died the next day and I did all this meal planning and I went and I got all the ingredients and it was like a really good meal planning menu of like a couple like one one recipe that I, of a salmon dish I make that's not too complicated but really delicious and then this like I think I was going to make curry I can't even remember and I had it all planned out <laughs> and then when I got the call like grandma starting morphine and I remember thinking but I did all this meal planning and then that t the next day I went to visit and realized, like, she is dying today. And I, I literally, like, my brain went, but we did meal planning. And, like, death gives and grief give zero fucks about what's on your to-do list. And whether you have ingredients in the, rest in, the, in the kitchen that, you know, in the fridge that you're supposed to be using because you did meal planning. You can't, you know... It's a real lesson, and you can you can do your best to plan for life, but you can't control all the elements. And life happens, and death happens. And um, yeah, that's a real uplifting note to end on. But I am feeling sorry. I'm going to adjust my little screen on my microphone. I am feeling like I'm in a better place, and I um, I didn't feel like I was ever in a bad place. I was feeling my grief, but I didn't feel like this is going to destroy me like it felt like when I was 19. Now I'm 43 and it's like, okay, here's this grief and this sucks, but I'm able to talk about it, like texting with friends and talking to friends and talking to, you know, I was talking to my mom about it last night on the phone. And I've been, you know, we I was texting my cousin yesterday about her dad and saying like, cause she sent me lots of photos when he was sick. I'm like, thank you for sharing all those photos with us because that did make it a little more real. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I, this is one of those episodes where I wish I could come up with a clever title, like 27 ways to effectively process your grief. But my sister recommended the book and I inhaled it, um, The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. And it's about the year after her husband dies unexpectedly. And that's just a, like, it's such a touching, beautiful book about grief. And I read it in between Pete and Grandma Shirley's deaths, and it, it really was, it was, it was just, it, it talks about, like, the complexity and the weirdness of the emotions and the weird thought processes you go through, and, like, like, I definitely relate to it, and it's, so I think my grief has been easier, or, um, it's not almost easier, just richer, because I'm allowing myself to be aware. Like, I am grieving, I am mourning, I am sad, this sucks, but also I'm still living and I'm happy about things and I laugh about things and my children, you know, they were my valentines yesterday and I got them, they both got a stuffed animal and they, I got such, such super soft ones at our local bookstore <laughs> and they loved it and they both went to bed with it and Pippa was in tears briefly because she couldn't find it and so you know that was so sweet and wonderful and 
you know, there's just like a lot of goodness and good stuff and wonderful stuff in life. And I've gotten better, like I've gotten better at grief because I've gotten better at both slash and. It's not either or. Life is not either or. It is both and. I am happy um, about a lot of things in my life, but I'm also sad that I've lost my grandma and my uncle like less than a month apart and that or, or just like it doesn't matter when they died they both it just sucks and um I can have both of those feelings uh something else that's helping is like reading the book the year of magical thinking talking about it doing this podcast it just felt like part partly I was like well I don't know that I can really do a grief episode because I don't know that I have anything like really succinct or clear or you know particularly powerful to say um, but you know, sometimes you just gotta ramble and let yourself, you know, not have like a perfect epiphany. You know, that perfect final sentence to a book. Life is like, like there's a definite beginning, but the ending, like you don't know when it's gonna happen, and it's not necessarily going to be picture perfect. And it, you know, it's not like always like this really clever sentence wrap up like you can have for a book or even like a TikTok video. So this is a more rambling episode because grief is messy, but being aware of it and paying attention to it and, you know, journaling about it and then not journaling about it and talking about it and not talking about it, that does help. And like, I love Joan Whittian, Joan Whittian, Didion talks about like the waves of grief and, you know, the ups and downs and the forgetting and the remembering and that's definitely something I'm writing and there'll be good days and there'll be bad days and there's just moments where it hits you and you're like fuck and then there's times where you're like you know like you don't even think about it so all right that is enough rambling for me I'm gonna wrap this up and get my kids from school and hopefully the next time I record this episode I'll have a cord that plugs my microphone into my laptop because Damn, I don't want to buy another microphone. Ugh, that, that'll be annoying. Okay. On that note of annoyance, I will leave you. Have a good week. Um, happy belated Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening. Show notes are available at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. Now get out there and have some adventures of your own.